Welcome to the Calvary Podcast. Get ready to dive into an inspiring message. Our aim is to share teachings that bring transformation and hope to your life. So, open your heart, be ready to listen, and prepare for a powerful encounter with the Word. Let's get started. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. Revelation 3, 7. Give somebody next to you a high five and say, let's go. Come on. Not out of the room, just let's go in the Word here, all right? Not go home, just go. All right, Revelation 3, 7. Let's ready. So I I began teaching you this last week uh, on the biblical calendar. Uh, This is, is, we call this the year of the door. Uh, I shared with you that in in many, 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 most areas, and I'm not trying to, in any sense of fashion, say that I know more than somebody else does. But I think just sometimes the emphasis is easier to go one direction and miss this. It's not the year of the open door most accurately. It's just the year of the door. And so a door can close and open. And last week we looked at the power of closed doors. How many are thankful that by God's grace there are some issues that aren't going to follow you into 2024? How many want to leave some baggage behind in 2023 and close the door? And so we see the power of that. So see, 2024, this biblical year uh, that, that, that we're looking at a biblical calendar, that last number four is the Hebrew picture of a door. We, we're seeing there's something significant about this. We need to study. We need to understand the moment of the power of doors opening and closing. And so last week we looked at the power of a closed door. Uh, Let's look at Revelation chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. This is a letter to one of the original churches. This church was was in Philadelphia, as I told you last week, not PA. You know, this this wasn't the home of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think there's anyone that's a Christian that's a Philadelphia Eagle fan. Any argument from anybody? Oh, see, oh, I'm going to have to give an altar call right here off the bat of this thing. Okay. I'm not saying that because I'm a cowboy fan at all. That has nothing to do with that. It's just a spiritual statement. All right. So this is a church in Philadelphia, ancient Turkey, one of the seven churches that God said, I want you to write a letter to this church. Pretty important. So let's see what he says. To the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. You see, there's both ways, this door, all right? Now watch this. I know your deeds. I love this. Be encouraged. God says, I know your life. My hand's on you. I'm watching you. Watch this. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door. We're going to talk about open doors today. An open door that what? No one can shut. How many are thankful for that? We need to understand how that works. We're going to learn that. Now watch this. I know that you have little strength. So here's the emphasis in this. God said it's not up to you. It's up to me. God said it's not based on your ability. It's my ability. I'm going to show you that today. I hope I have time to get to that point. So, so what we're seeing here, he says, I got this. You need to walk with me. You need to follow me. I have plans for you, and my plans for you, no one can stop. How many are encouraged by that? My open doors, no man, no devil can close, all right? So uh, he goes on, and, and so he says, I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now, I'm going to stop there uh, with that passage. Let me say this. Uh, what we're looking at are very, very important principles out of the word of God. 
What I want us to understand is that to maximize this, biblical truth is never to be considered only philosophy. Biblical truth is not philosophical. It's not just ideological. Biblical truth is to be put into practice. Biblical truth carries carries very little impact if it is not observed and applied. Is everybody with me today? And so we must stop going to church only anticipating an intellectual encounter. We must understand that the dynamic of the Christian life is not just the knowledge I have, but the application of that knowledge. We must begin to look at the word of of God again, not just as a history lesson, not just as a theological treatise. How I believe in theology. I'm a theological student. I study. I, my degrees are in that. But what I want you to understand is that God's word is relevant to the very moment you are in right now. God has something to say to you today on this first Sunday of 2024. It's not just history. It's not just someday. God's word says of itself in 2 Timothy 3 is a living word. Hebrews 12 says it's it's a living word. It's alive. And so what we're studying today, as we look into this example, we're about to, you can go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 12. We're going to see an encounter that Peter and the early church had. And this encounter they had is not just a history lesson for us. There are principles that work in my life today. How many hear what I'm saying? These principles work today. They can be applied today. What you and I learn today, you can walk out of that door and they will work for you when you go to your job tomorrow. They will work for our students when they go to school tomorrow. They will work for you when you go home today. It's a living word. He's a relevant God. These principles are applicable to whatever we're facing. And so what we're looking at in this, this year of the door, this biblical year of that, that we're looking, 5784, this biblical year, we, we are aligning. Someone say aligning. We are aligning with God's timing. We are putting God's calendar above our calendar. We sang and prayed, Lord, you can have it all. This is part of that process, right? This is how it works. So, so this year of the door, we are realizing that, that a door can open or close. We're realizing that God said he does both of those. He said, I can close a door no man can open. I can open a door that no man can shut. Um, we, we could say that there are moments when, when, when we better close some doors. We took some time last Sunday to look at that. I pray that's going in your life. There are moments when we need to take inventory and say enough is enough. That needs to stop. That needs to end. That needs to be over. I, I, I just, I've had enough of that in my life. It needs to, it's through. Because as I asked that question, what good is it for God to open a new door for us if we bring all the baggage from the old season into that one with us? What dynamic can a new opportunity present if we have filled it with the failures of the past, the mindsets of the past, the the things that are trapping? So we need to understand to align ourselves with the opportunities that God has for us in this year, these new doors, these new seasons, to maximize that. We need to understand some doors also need to be closed. So let's look at 
these new doors, this, this thing that, that God has. And, and let me say this. This is important. God says, think of this. God says he will open a door that no man can shut. But it's your choice if you walk through that door or not. He didn't say he'll drag you through it. He didn't say he'll push us through it. God says he'll open a door that no one can shut. But then I have to choose will I walk through that door. So let's look at, look, look at this, Acts chapter 2. A little bit of a lengthy passage I want to read, but I want us to get, see, see the setting of this. We're looking at uh, opening doors. How does God open and close doors? So Acts 12 verse 1. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. So he said, if they like that, Peter, you're next. You're the next guy to be executed, okay? This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod, pardon me, intended to bring him out for public trial or execution after Passover. So in other words, he said, I, I, this, this was good. Boy, they liked me when I executed James. Now, I'm going to, Peter's next, but I have to wait till this Passover season is over or it's, it's not going to go well. Now, verse 5. I believe I'll just stop and I'll, I'll read this incrementally. Look at verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Now, I want you to see the context of what happens in this passage today. What's the context? The church is earnestly praying. Does everybody get that? There are some doors that God will open when the church chooses to pray. We have a mandate on this church to elevate our prayer culture. How many hear what I'm saying? I, 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 you know, often we have this. We've had it before. We'll do it again. But in this season... We are not trying to recruit a smaller group of intercessors. I believe there are people called to special um, seasons of prayer, or not seasons, people that have gifts of intercession in their life. There are certain people that are called to pray. That's their ministry. How many understand what I'm saying? But I'm not, I, we're, we're, we have that, we're there, we'll, we'll do more. But right now, the direction I sense God saying is don't try to build your intercessory group right now. What I'm hearing him say is build the whole church into a prayer movement. Build everybody in a prayer movement. Cast the net as wide as you can. Help people who have never really prayed to learn how to pray. Help people who've never been to a prayer meeting get in a prayer meeting. Help people who thought prayer meetings are boring to find out it was the best hour of their week. How many are with me right now? When the church earnestly prays, we become serious about new doors and new seasons for all of us. So there's the context. That's why we are doing what we are doing. Now, let, let, let's, let's look at this for a moment. The church, at this moment, to begin verse 12, the early church was in an incredible season of growth. They had had an initial explosion in Acts 2. 3,000 people saved in the first altar call. We read very quickly, it went to 5,000 men and their families. And then the Bible says the church was not just being added to it, began to multiply. It was exploding throughout the city of Jerusalem. And then the devil had a bright idea to begin persecuting them. And so what you need to understand is that Satan, who is a fallen angel, hates the things of God more than anything else. 
He, he uh, is so intent on destroying the work of God that he sometimes loses his logic. Are you with me? And so the church is exploding in Jerusalem. But think about it. Every Christian on the planet lived in Jerusalem for a few months. Is that amazing? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about some of the people struggling with some of their uh, foolishness going on in the world today uh, about Israel and, 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 and unjustified alliances to their enemies? But have you ever thought about that? Every Christian, every Christian on the planet at one time was a born-again Jew. Did you know that? In those first few days, Pentecost, every Christian on the planet was Jewish. Every one of them. The whole church was in one place, the city of Jerusalem. And you know, the devil was smart as he thinks he is. He should have left well enough alone. But he says, we're going to create a martyr. I'm going to kill Steve in it. And, and then we find in chapter 8, the church scattered. But you know what happened when the church scattered? They went everywhere preaching the gospel. So he had them all in one place, but he scattered them. When he scattered them, they went around the world preaching the gospel. The, the deacons started preaching, not just the apostles and the prophets. And revivals began in cities. Read, read about that. And so then when the devil thinks he's got them, uh, the gospel just grows. And then we go to Acts chapter 9 and Saul, the greatest persecutor of the church, is born again and filled the Holy Spirit and called to preach. Come on, somebody get excited with me. I'm waiting for today. I'm waiting. I don't know who it is. I, I, I know this. I, I read that one of the sons of the leaders of Hamas had come out from under that demonic, oppressive, terroristic regime. And he's born again. And Jesus Christ is his Savior and Lord. And he's seen what God can do. So I'm waiting. I don't know who the next. I'm Listen, I'm not just praying that my family and your family and our family get saved. I'm praying, God, I want the biggest, baddest, mean is worse. I want you to save somebody that'll so shake this culture that I don't know whoever you think that is, you ought to start praying for them instead of following them, just suggesting. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in. So Saul gets saved, radically saved. And then we go to chapter 10 and the gospel jumps from the Jews to the Gentiles. He's in Cornelius' house. Peter's preaching. said, while he's still preaching, the Holy Spirit comes on them. Incredible move of God. But then we get to chapter 12. What's happening? devil says, I got to do something. So he started that same old pattern. He said, I better kill someone. I'm going to execute James. And that looked good. So he said, oh, I'm going to Peter's next. So that's where we are. We have to see that. Can I help you with something? The Bible says, and I'm always going to tell you the truth. Listen. I've been here long enough. If I wasn't telling you the truth, it would have caught up with me by now. Okay. Open doors. God says, I can open a door no one can close. But I have to tell you something. The devil or people cannot close the doors God opens. Listen to me. But the devil will try to go stand in front of it and discourage you from walking through. Are you with me? I have to tell you the whole picture. He cannot close it, but he'll try to deter you from walking through it. He'll try to convince you you can't do it. He'll try to discourage you, distract you, move you away. He cannot stop you. He doesn't have the ability to do that. He doesn't have the ability to close the door. But he'll try to stop something. So what does Satan do? Here's this incredible open door for the church. The persecutor Saul is now a believer. He's preaching the gospel. The Gentiles are being saved. It's spreading everywhere. And so the devil says, I've got to close this door. So, so he tries this. He gets in the way. And, and I have to tell you, you can be favored by God and the devil will still come against you. 
You can love Jesus with all your heart and the devil will still try to stop you. Do you know that you can love Jesus and people won't like you? (laughs) Do you know that you can go to church and you still have to pay bills? Okay. Do you know you can tithe and you still got to go to work? Okay. Do you understand that just because God opened a door, it doesn't mean the devil will leave us alone. But the good news is he should have left us alone because I think about David. The Bible says as soon as David was finally anointed king over Israel, the Philistines got together and came against him. And it looked like, well, what happens? The devil's plan. Oh, my goodness, here's an open door. We better run in and stop this. But what happened? David trusted God and defeated the Philistine. And what the enemy sent to destroy him became the testimony that launched him as the greatest general king who has ever led a nation on this planet. So when you come to an open door and the enemy stands in front of you, light gets in front of you, don't back up. Keep going because God is about to take that moment in your life and show you how big he is and defeat the attack that came against you. So he comes. He said, I've got to do something. So he found his puppet. His puppet was Herod. You have to understand how this works. Herod was not the same Herod that opposed Jesus and had the the, the babies killed in Bethlehem. This is a son. This is is an heir of his. This is somebody in the same family. Listen to what I'm saying. Not the same person, but the same family with the same demonic spirit. Do you know there are generational strongholds? There are... Demonic strongholds. The devil is always looking for some personality to put his principality in. Hell is always looking for some place to establish its work. The devil is always looking for a Herod to stand in front of the door that God is opening. And so what I want to say to us today as we begin a new year, I know that's a little bit of a heavy statement, but the Bible says we're not wrestling with 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 flesh. We're wrestling with principalities. We're wrestling with these strategies of hell. And so I'm saying today, I'm thinking about these ladies that were baptized. I know some of their testimonies. I'm thinking about the men and women that have been led to Christ in this church. And I'm, I'm saying that someone must break the chain in every family system through the blood of Jesus Christ and say, what you've done, you're not going to do anymore. What my grandfather and father did, or my grandmother, my mother did, or my uncle and my aunt did, it stopped. Now, I'm going to put the blood of Jesus on my life. I'm going to go in the waters of baptism. I'm going to make a public profession of my faith. And the old things are going to be buried. And the new things are going to be raised to life in me. And I'm not going to be who I was. And the devil's hand is off this family. We have walked through a new season in our life. There will always be a Herod that tries to stand in the way. Of the doors that God wants to open. So we don't need to be discouraged by that. We, we don't need to be put off by that. We need to recognize God's able. Amen. God's able. He's big enough. I just want to let you know. When, when I'm telling you. When we're reading in scripture. Not what I said. But God says. I can open a door no man can close. That does not mean. That the enemy will not try to stop you. From going through that door. But we're ready for that. Because we know what God can do. And so we, we see the, uh, I, I don't have time for this, but do you see the danger of ungodly government? Do you see that, that, that when this ungodly leader made a decision 
And it seemed to please the crowd that it just fed that, that appetite of more ungodliness. So we see these dangers. We see where we live. And, and I've had some people in this passage, let me just give you a quick little insert right here. We, we, James gave his life. We're about to see Peter miraculously spared. An incredible door open. But James was executed. And Stephen was executed. And they gave their life for the gospel. And, and I, was, I know some pastors or preachers or teachers, let's skip over the James part. Just go to the Peter part here. Let's not talk about James being executed. Let's just go to the deliverance of Peter. But can I tell you something? Your greatest reward, your greatest victory, your greatest uh, uh, reward is not going to be given to you on this earth. It's going to be given to you when we stand in the presence of Almighty God. And maybe the church needs to be reminded, maybe we don't teach on heaven enough. Maybe we don't talk about eternity enough. Maybe we're just trying to get people through the night. We need to start living in the light of eternity. And let me say, James didn't lose that day. James won that day. That day that he stopped breathing on earth, he started breathing in heaven. Let me tell you something. The devil didn't win when James was executed. The devil lost and James won. God said to him in heaven, welcome home, my good and faithful servant. You've run the race. You've kept the faith. Now's laid up for you the crown of victory how many understand what i'm talking about heaven is our reward we're going to live for the light of eternity on this earth james did not lose james won the day they executed him and i'm not afraid of that subject i'm not afraid to say when god says come home let's celebrate the home going of the godly men and women that have served him and loved him on this planet so peter was kept in prison let's look at verse six the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping. And that always gets me right there. He was going to be executed the next day. When Herod had a trial, it was not the nice kind of trials like we have. You didn't have a defense attorney and a jury and a prosecuting attorney. Herod was judge and jury. And to say he was going to have a public trial, this is what it looked like. Bring Peter up. Is this Peter? Yes, Peter. Go cut his head off. That was his trial. So Peter knows this is what they'd just done to James. And, and, and I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I'd be sleeping the night before that. Tell the truth. Wouldn't you at least be praying? I mean, come on. You, you know, if you had your cell phone, you'd be, Mama, pray. Daddy, pray. Get the church to pray. TBN, CBN, somebody pray, somebody come, you know, call the congressman, do this. He's just sleeping. He's just sleeping. It's amazing. He's, he's sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Remember, there were four groups of four soldiers, 16 soldiers to guard one man. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, had to kick him to wake him up. Come on, this dude was asleep. Quick, get up, he said. Look at this. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Watch this. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. You know, sometimes God's working in your life and you don't even know it. All right, I, I, we'll talk about that in a minute. Verse 10, they passed the first and the second guards. There were 
two interior doors. They passed those. And then they came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Now, here's, here's, here's what I want you to see. Uh, there's a prayer meeting going on. Everybody say prayer meeting. There's some praying people. And Peter is sleeping. Now, I don't know how he had enough faith to be sleeping. I don't, you know, it, 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 there, there, you could give me a lot of reasons, but the, the fact of the matter was the guy was asleep. And I thought, why was he asleep? How could he just be resting and sleeping in that moment? Uh, don't, you can look at it later, but maybe it was John 21, 18. Remember when, when, when Peter and all the guys had gone fishing and walked off after Jesus had been crucified and resurrected? Then he appeared to them on the shore and they caught the fish again. They had the meal together. He said, Peter, uh, when you're old, John 21, 18, when you're old, somebody's going to lead you by a hand, have to help you get dressed. And so I think Peter was sitting there that night. And, uh, and they said, Peter, we're going to cut your head off tomorrow. He said, that's what they say. And, uh, and so I think Peter's sitting there praying and all of a sudden he goes, you know, I remember that morning Jesus said, I'm going to be an old man. I'm not an old man yet. I remember that day. He said, somebody's going to have to help me get my clothes on. I put them on today. I don't need any help yet. He said, you know, they said they're going to have to lead me around. I got a promise. I got a promise. The Lord spoke to me. And I may have 16 ugly soldiers around me right now. And I may be chained to two of them. But I believe I'm just going to take a nap because I must be getting ready to get out tomorrow. Wake me up in the morning because Peter's asleep. You know what? A promise of God will let you rest when every door around you has been shut on you. Sometime you've got to get a promise in your heart and you've got to grab hold of it. And if God said, I'm going to be an old man, I'm going to be an old man. If God said, I'm going to open the door, he's going to open the door. And so Peter's sound asleep. Why? Because even though the doors all around you are closed, if you have a promise from God, you can sleep, you can rest, you can walk, you can live. We don't have to panic. If God said it, God's going to do it. If he said, I'm going to open a door, no devil in hell can close it. Can I tell you something? You need to relax. God is going to do what he said he's going to do in this year and the devil or Herod or soldiers or no one can stop what God has planned so he gets up and they they start walking off and look the first thing that happened look at this I'm I've got to I've got to move quick he says to he says to him in verse 7 quick get up and when he did the chains fell off his wrist but if you'll remember he wasn't chained to the wall he was chained to the soldiers you know what happens when God gets ready to open door for you the people that have been holding you back from where God has called you to go God breaks that stronghold off your life and I'm telling you going into 2024 God's going to break some people out of your life that have kept you from going being doing what he put you on this earth to do and when the chains fall off don't pick them up again when the chains fall off let them fall because it's still on their wrist but it's not on yours how many listen what i'm saying you've been dragging some dead weight around come on don't shout me down you've been pulling some people that aren't ready for your season and the first thing that happened when deliverance was coming was that he was released from the people that had been holding him back 
Let's keep reading. I want to, you got to see this again. Then the angel said, then put on your clothes, put on your sandals. Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you. Verse nine, Peter followed him out of the prison. He had no idea. Come on right now. Do you know this? You have no idea what God's doing right now. You and I can't even see what God's ordering in his plan. Listen, I'm I'm taking you somewhere. Let's keep moving. Verse 10, they passed the first and second guards, gated guards, the doors inside the prison. They walked through two doors inside that had been closed to get into the main door. Here's what I want you to see. Peter still doesn't even know what's going on. He still doesn't realize what's happening. Can I tell you something? There are several small doors. That God will open to get you ready for the big door in your life. There are certain doors that you haven't even realized that God's open for you. There are certain doors that you've forgotten about that God has opened for you. How many are listening to me today? You need to stand on the precipice of this year. And you need to take a moment and be thankful for every door that God's already brought you through in 2023 to get you to this place right now. Sometimes we are walking to a miracle and we don't even realize everything God has done to get me to this place stop focusing on the one door that hasn't opened yet and remember all the doors on the journey that God's already opened to get you there we're a blessed people you're blessed God has been moving you to this thing they're unrealized we forgot about them God's done it but you see what what, what I want you to see this, this is important <laughs> this this is important you got to get this so let, let's see what happens they passed, verse 10, the, they passed the first and second guards, came to the iron gate leading to the city. Watch this. It opened for them by itself. And they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Verse 11. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me. From Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. <laughs> so, so here's, here's a little deal I want you to see. Where the Bible says here in, in our English translation, uh, in verse 10, it's, we, we read about the gate. It says it opened for them by itself. The Greek word, you're going to get this as soon as I say it, is automails. Automails. What, what English word do we get from that? Automatic. Now, there's some doors, like on your house and on your car, this morning when you left the house, you had to push the door open. And then you had to push it closed. When you got in your car, you had to pull the door open. And then you had to pull the door closed. And most of the doors that we're familiar with, they have to be pushed or pulled, right? But this one, this door that, that we're learning, this, this whole thing moved to this moment. Everything that I've read to you before this had moved to this moment. Because you see, here's what you have to understand. Is that we always see something very small where God's looking at something very big. And we look at every answered prayer that's no bigger than me. But God looks at a grander scale of things. In other words, this gate opened, it says, to the whole city. Peter just wanted out of prison. But God wanted to impact the city. Peter wanted to get out. And God wanted to show up. See, so, so, so Abraham, let's look. Abraham, all he could think of, I want a boy. 
I want a boy. I want a son. I want a son. I want a son. God, give me a son. Give me a son. That's all he thought about for 25 years. I want a boy. I want a son. I want a son. I want a son. And when he finally gets to that moment, he has a son. And then he's there in Genesis 22 and, and that encounter. Will he give that boy to God or not up on the mountain? God said this. He said, I, my plan has always been to build a nation out of that boy. And so you and I are looking at a boy and God's looking at a nation. You and I are thinking about God just get me through the night. And God's saying, I want to do something so big the whole city comes to Jesus. I want to do something on such a scale that it's bigger than you are. Are you with me? So God does a lot of things that get us to a place where he can move in a fashion that impacts a lot of lives. So, so there had been doors open. There had been chains fall off. But when Peter got to the gate that opened to the city, the Bible says it opened of itself. It was an automatic door. Watch this. It wasn't one I have to push. It wasn't one I have to pull. It wasn't one I have to unlock. It wasn't one I had to close. I don't even have to push the panic hardware. It's like those automatic doors. Come on. And all these buildings, you just walk up and the door opens up for you. No push, no peel, pull, no lot, no this. Listen, this is what happened. Why did that door open? Because there's a sensor in the floor. Because there is a plan, are you listening to me, that is already in place before you got there. That when you arrive, something already has been embedded in your path. That when you get to the right place at the right time, there is a door that has been waiting for you that will automatically open up. You don't push it. You don't pull it. You don't tug it. You don't buy it. You don't pay for it. You don't fumble for your key. You walk up into your moment and the door opens in front of you by the power of God. Now, here's what I want to ask us today. How is our faith journey going? Am I still walking? Are you with me? Am I walking? Because, listen, God has already gone in to our 2024. God has already in front of me in 2024. God has already set some automatic doors for you. Are you listening to me? But they don't open till I step in my place. They're waiting on me to get there. And when I get there, it's already in the ground. It's already set up. It's already waiting for me. Can I tell you in 2024, God has some doors with your name on it. God has some encounters for you. God has some open doors. But if I stop walking, I'm never going to see that door. If I stop following, I'm never going to see that door. So somewhere between now and my door, Herod's going to get in my way. The devil's going to try to get in my way. And I have to make a decision. Am I going to walk by faith today? Am I going to trust God? Am I going to move when I can't see the door, when I don't know? Am I going to move when I forgot what he's already done, when he's working, when I don't realize it? Because if I keep going and I get to the right place, boom, that door's going to open for me. Church, I want to tell you something. This is how that happens. I want to close. How do I get to that place? How do I find those divine appointments? How do I get in that moment? You understand today that it's not by anything we do. It started on the cross with the blood of Jesus Christ being shed on the cross. It started when one man died where God came in our flesh and put his blood on the line, died for you and me. What paid my price? Why does that door open automatically? Why doesn't George Sawyer have the key? Why don't I have to push and pull? Because Jesus went to the cross and he paid the price and he took the penalty and he shed his blood and he died for you and me. And it's not because, listen to me, I was great or you were great. Remember Revelation chapter 3 said, I know you have a little strength. 
I know you can't push the door open. Are you listening? I know that you can't do it on your own, but that's okay. I can make it happen. I have gone before you. And so as I walk into 2024, I'm not walking in the righteousness of George Sawyer. I'm not walking in the confidence of who I am. I'm not walking in my faith or your faith or someone else. I'm walking in the knowledge that my God has gone before me, that he has established a pattern for me, that he has a purpose for me, that according to his word, he is working in me both to will and to do his purpose in my life. And if I will follow Jesus... If I will walk in his footprint, if you don't know him today and you will give your life to Christ, here's what you have to look forward to. All that cycle of defeat and discouragement and rejection you've been living in, you can walk out of that and close that door and walk into a new door this year. That rejection and depression and fear, you can close the door on that and walk into a new door this year. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. Peter could go to sleep. Because God was working. Come on. Peter could rest because he had a promise. Had a promise. And this is what I want to say to us today. Worship team, come on. I want to say this to us today. We stand at an incredible moment right now. We can allow the power of God to close some doors on every failure, on every mistake, on every broken time in our life. And we can understand that God has some doors for us in 2024. But I've just got to walk up to the door. I've got to get to that place. I've got to hear him. I've got to move to him. I have to get to that location. I want you to stand with me. And please, let's honor this moment. I believe God's going to do something. Everybody stand. I want to stand. I want us to pray together before you go, please. Do you know there are... Listen, listen, listen to me. I just ask you to stand. Don't turn your ears off, okay? Don't put your your earbuds in yet. Just listen to me. Bell, pod, something, whatever you call it. You know, there are seasons in life. Listen to me. For the young and the old. Listen, 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 listen. Abraham was 100 years old when he walked into the season of becoming a father. And he and Sarah had been married for many, 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 many years and no son. Listen to me. But when God's time came, that door opened automatically. It had nothing to do with how strong or young or he was. It was God. Are you with me? Let's go to a young man. David was watching sheep. David was watching sheep. Are you young ones listening to me? Millennials, Gen Zs, listen to me. You're not too young for your season to shift. You're not too old for your season to shift. You're not too old to close some doors and open some doors. You're not too young to close some doors and open some doors. David's watching sheep. His own brothers said, if anybody's going to be the next king, it's not that guy. But God said, you stand up till he gets here. We're going to honor him. And it it seemed crazy to me because if I read it right chronologically, (laughs) the prophet Samuel's there in front of his dad and his brothers. He pours the oil on his head, anoints him, said, he's going to be the next king. And, and his whole family goes, okay, go watch the sheep some more. You ever felt that way? He said, God's hands on me. God, I mean, I, I know what I'm supposed to do. And nobody else even believes me. It's all right. You got an automatic door in front of you coming. <laughs> you got an automatic door in front of you. And sometimes the door looks like this. 
David's dad says, okay, David, go take some food to your brothers. I mean, still totally underestimating him. That's all he's good for. Watch sheep, go do a door dash. That's all we got. That's all we got. Yes, sir. And he walks up to the battle. And there's Goliath intimidating the army of God. David goes, so what's the deal? He said, why, why is he doing that? Why are you running from him? He said, I got a question. What? What are you going to give me when I kill him? <laughs> you got to love the kids. He said, I'm going to kill him. So what are you going to give me? And his older brother said, you close your mouth. Go take care of those few little sheep. You're embarrassing me. Some people never will know who you are. Some people want to chain you to their unbelief for the rest of your life. Some people want to drag you in their hole for the rest of their life. But you serve a God who loves you enough to break the chains off the people who aren't willing to go where you're willing to go. He'll break the chains off of you from the people that don't know your anointing, that don't know your calling, that underestimate you and undervalue you. And you may think you can't live without them, but if that's such a healthy relationship, why has it got chains on it? So David convinces the king, I got you, king. King says, put my armor on. He said, I can't even walk around in this stuff. He said, well, what do you have? Got my slingshot. Another round of laughter, side eyes on everybody's Facebook. There it is. There it is. He said, go get it. But David had a door that day. His automatic door. You think David was that big and bad, that slingshot? Come on. He probably had two square inches between that shield to get. You think David, he was a good shot, but he wasn't that good a shot. You understand me? He wasn't that good. I'm not that good. You're not that good. God said, I know you just got a little strength, but he said, I'm going to open a door. So all David did was do what he could. He throws a rock and boom, he's dead. Sometimes your open door looks like Goliath. (laughs) Sometimes your open door, one day you were a shepherd boy. Listen to me, young guys. And the next day you're going to be the king. One day you're old feeble Abraham, people laughing at you and your wife saying you're going to have a baby. And the next day, they're holding the baby laughing at you. Well, out the next day, nine months later, they're holding the baby laughing. It'd be nice one day, wouldn't it, lady? But it's nine months. Do you understand this door? It's an automatic door. It's a God door. But I've got to walk up to it. You have to pick your slingshot up. You'll have to believe God. You'll have to let God close some doors and break some chains. But I'm going to tell you, right here, it starts right now. When you said, I've had enough of what I've been and I want to come out of that today I give my life to Jesus today I really mean it I surrender all that's where we start so let's pray together would you do that would everybody pray let's just create a moment right where you are or respond to a moment right where you are would you say God am I walking to my next door am I in step with you am I walking where I need to walk am I moving God if I'm not I I surrender I'm back online. I'm back on track. God, I let go of those things. Am I going where I'm supposed to be going? Am I walking with you? I can't do it. But if I walk with you, you'll open the doors. You'll make them automatic. You'll do what I could never do. I'll just walk through it when I get there. So today, if you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, 
but you're ready to surrender your life to the one who created you and, and has plans for you, or if you've known him and you've walked away and you want to come back, I want to pray with you right now. We're not, I, I don't want you to spend another day. I don't want you to waste another day in this year. If that's who you are and where you are, would you just raise your hand and keep it up for a moment? I want to pray with you. Can I see where you are? You say, I'm not going to force you to do anything. But you say, Pastor, today's my day. I want to start with Jesus today. Just raise your hand. Who else would say, that's me today, Pastor. I want to do that. Who else would say that today? I want this day. I want this day. I'm going to make a new start today. Anyone else want to be in this moment? Anyone else? Anyone else? Here's what I want to do. I want to pray. And then our pastors are going to be available for prayer for those that raise their hands for prayer for any need in your life. Guys, let's start this thing. Let's go. How many say, Pastor, I'm going to be on time. I'm going to be at the right place for my next automatic door. I'm going to walk until God opens the door. Come on. I'm going to walk till God opens the door. Well, let's pray together right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those that raise their hands. I pray for those that didn't raise their hands. I pray for those in this room that know today is, is, a, is a pivotal day in their life. Lord, that today is a day they can look back on and remember my life changed that day. The trajectory of my life completely shifted that day. My life has forever been changed. God, I pray today. They not only pray and ask you to be Savior and confess their sin and trust you to forgive and change and come live inside of them and break off every chain. But God, I pray they will let us pray with them. Take a step with them. Link up with them. Connect with them today. God, I pray for those that, that are beginning a new walk, that they'll be encouraged, that God, those that need to make decisions today to get back on track, they'll get back on track. For those that are walking with you, Lord, that it just seems that, that it's become super hard. They thought Herod in front of them meant the door was closed. They thought the devil attacking them meant the door was closed. They thought Goliath could never be a door. But Lord, I pray their grace and strength flows to them today, God. And there was a refreshing in that moment. God, we just thank you for it. We praise you for it right now. Thank you for listening today. We hope you found this message uplifting and encouraging. If you're looking to connect in person, we gather every Sunday at 10 a.m. You can also find us online at calvaryassembly.org. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, for more content, updates, and to stay connected with our community.